Hello, everyone. This is uh, Pastor Steve Dickerson coming to you on this uh, fourth Sunday of Lent. Uh, this is the week of March 22nd, and we today are going to be looking at John 6, 27 through 40. And we're coming to you in this uh, special way because um, of certain events around the world have made it impossible for us to meet. But we hope that through this podcast, you will receive a message from the Lord and that it will prepare you for Easter. And I'm hoping that we will all be able to meet together by then. Uh, We'll see. We're just taking this uh, one day at a time, and it seems like every day things are changing. But today, it's about sharing a message of preparation of Lent. And the title of this message is, What Can You Do? And that was a question that was asked of Jesus. And so we'll be looking at that, and I hope that you'll get your Bible. We're using the New Living Translation. But I want to ask you a question first. Do you like bread? I'll tell you, I love bread. I love especially Dave's Killer Bread. Uh, The Good Seed one, it's got the yellow label. And man, I have a piece of that toast every morning. And... um, Just before this uh, passage that we're looking at today, uh, people were following Jesus, and they wanted bread. And this is right after the feeding of the 5,000. And what they really wanted from Jesus was another free lunch. So let's take a look. We're going to begin at John 6, verses 26, and we're going to be going down through 40. Uh, But follow along, and if you want to take some notes today, I hope that you'll uh, take advantage of that and just kind of uh, have a sense that that will help you remember some of the things that um, you might be inspired through this passage to do. So here we go, verse 26. Jesus is talking to the crowd, and he replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Now, Lent is a time to not be concerned about perishable things and to concentrate on the eternal things and the abundant life that God provides for those who put their trust in Him. Jesus goes on to say, For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. An interesting thing about a seal of approval, and and that's the thing we want you to note first, is that Jesus has God's seal of approval. In the Middle East, it was a seal rather than a signature that was the mark of ownership and guarantee. Rabbis taught that the seal of truth is what God is offering us with Jesus, that the seal of God is truth, and Jesus is truth. Now, this is based on a legend where a scroll was said to fall from heaven bearing only one word, emeth, the Hebrew term for truth. Now, emeth is spelled with three Hebrew letters, alf, the first letter of the alphabet, mim, the middle letter of the alphabet, and tau, 
the final letter of the alphabet. So when Jesus spoke of being sealed uh, by God, he was emphasizing that his message was true for all of life. It was the beginning, the middle, and the end. Emeth. So the son belonged to his father. Jesus was the authentic son of God, the giver of eternal life. Jesus is the truth. The father's seal of approval was on him alone. Verse 28 continues. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Now, I think that's kind of a bad question to ask. What should we do? Because look at Jesus' response. This is verse 29. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. What he's saying is faith first, first and foremost. And sometimes it can be work to truly and fully believe. When we get that right, we have the proper perspective and then come the good works. We work because we have faith. Verse 30 says that they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. And then they asked, what can you do? That is also a bad question because what the people selfishly wanted was what Jesus could do for them. They wanted to be fed. They wanted to be healed. They wanted to see what else Jesus could do for them. It wasn't about what he could do. is about who he is. And then they go on in verse 31. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, this is wrong thinking again. First, the emphasis is on the manna and the meeting of my personal needs. Well, God knows your needs, and he will meet them all if you seek him first. So the emphasis is not on the manna, but on who provided the manna. And that was the second thing. It wasn't Moses who gave them bread. It, it, was, it was God. Don't depend on your earthly leaders. Depend on God. Here's Jesus' response. He said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus has come and he will point people away from mere bread to the one who made bread. Bread that fills the stomach, whether it's produced by a miraculous sign or made at the bakery, is not spiritual. And it's not eternal. But Jesus is saying that there's another kind of food. The true bread of God, and that's Jesus, the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus uses this word, katabino, which is uh, used like seven times in this chapter. Katabino is this word that emphasizes Christ's heavenly origin. 
It literally means that he came down from heaven. He came down. And um, by the way, this is also a major stumbling block for the Jews because it's exposing the unbelief of the crowd in who Jesus really is. Now remember, they want what Jesus can do. They're not necessarily wanting who Jesus is. And there's going to be trouble ahead because of that. But look what they say. This is verse 34. Sir, they said, give us this bread every day. You know, it's like, hey, Jesus, do that trick again with the bread. You know, this is so much like the woman at the well in John chapter 4, where she says, hey, give me that water so I won't have to come out here. You know, Jesus talks about being living water. Here he talks about being living bread. This is what he says in verse 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. Now, if you think about normal bread, it's, it's physical. I mean, you can touch it, you can taste it, you can smell it, you can see it. Regular bread, and even manna, is not spiritual. And it's certainly not eternal. But here's the thing. Jesus is. So the first step is to believe in Jesus. Believe in who Jesus is, not just what he can do. And then do God's will. Then get to work. So come to Jesus and he'll never let you go. He'll never fail you. He'll never disown you. And he will be with you eternally. Verse 37 goes on. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. You know, that's a good message for us too, because we, when we begin to follow Christ, are not here to do it our will, not to do our thing. We're to do Jesus' thing, to do his will. Verse 39, and this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all of those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. We learned last week uh, in church that in Christ we will all rise again. And I, this is kind of a fun thing because bread rises, because bread is better when it has time to bake properly. Um, Jesus is speaking about us rising in him, and he is the one that makes that possible. Now verse 40. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. So rise up and live. Receive the real bread of life. You know, the crowd said, what should we do? Well, the answer is to do God's will. And they asked, what can you do, Jesus? Well, what can Jesus do? He can give you real bread. 
but he can also save your very soul. Jesus is the sustenance of life. He is the living water. He is the living bread. And he is all we need to have nourishment for our souls. You know, I'm reminded today, and I want to close this message with a very familiar prayer. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, hey, teach us to pray. They, they had watched him. They'd seen him. They, they could see that prayer was important to him. And so Jesus responds. This is Matthew 6, 9 through 13. You know it as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven. When Jesus is teaching us to pray, he helps us begin by focusing on God and who he is. He goes on, may your name be kept holy. What a good way for us to begin our prayers by praising God. He says, may your kingdom come soon. And that's what we all need to be seeking, the kingdom of God. You know, we have faced in these uncertain times, nations trying to do well to to fight a, a terrible sickness. And some seem to be doing better than others. But, well, when it's all said and done, it's really the kingdom of God that's going to be the thing that saves us and gives us an eternal home. Jesus says, May your will be done on earth. You know, we know that God's will is done perfectly in heaven, but it's only done on earth by those who follow Him. And so... That's our choice. Will we choose to do God's will? And Jesus is praying for that in this prayer. He says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is it done in heaven? Perfectly. Jesus says, give us today the food we need. Uh, Or in the NIV and New King James, it says, give us today our daily bread. It's interesting when Jesus says, give us our daily bread, he's talking about the thing that we need to live. And what he's saying in our passage today is that we need him to live. He goes on to say, and forgive us our sins. Now, other versions say trespasses or debts, but that's what it's really about. It's about forgiving our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And then don't lead us, let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This is a fabulous prayer. I mean, it's been used for many years and we end services with it as a, as a benediction. But I would, I'd encourage you to think about these words and think about Jesus being your daily bread as you prepare for Easter, as we go through this time of Lent. What can you do, Jesus? He can save us. He can give us abundant life. And He can lead us to our eternal home in heaven. Let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you for this day, for this week. And Lord, I just pray that you would use these words to prepare each of us to be ready for the celebration of your resurrection, the reminder of life and the hope and the forgiveness and the joy that we have in you. Lord, give us today our daily bread. Be the bread of life for us. 
And may we seek you more than any of the perishable things. May we depend on you more than we depend on anything else that might try to save us. Because you're the only one who can. We love you, Lord. Thank you. Amen.